previously on Magular. Cryovane kicked the crap out of Quinn. The fight, or lack thereof, cost him an eye, as well as all of Bradley's gold. Bradley tried to follow a mysterious woman on foot who had seen the incident, but he couldn't catch her. Realizing she was Runa Voktotir, the woman that gave Sister Grayley a black eye, he decided to speak to the holy woman. Sister Grayley offered Bradley a solution to their dragon problem. Recruit Falcon and get his help in fighting the dragon cryovane. Bradley met Falcon at his lodge and realized to recruit him, he would have to deal with a few more cultists. And welcome. My name is Luke Job. My name is Thorin George. And this is Modular. The podcast where we take you through the modules written by Wizards of the Coast for f- the fifth edition of D&D. That's right. These are the pre-written stories made up by the people who made up Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. We didn't write them, but we're here to run them for you. <laughs> Why would we do that, Luke? Well, Thorin, maybe you're a DM who's thinking about running a particular campaign and you want to get a feel for how it plays out. Maybe you're a player who has already been in this particular campaign, and you want to reminisce on the good old days. Maybe you live in Utah. I'd hate that for you. But you should be warned. Each of our episodes will take part of these pre-written adventures. (laughs) That means there are major spoilers for the key plot points of each story we're running, which right now we're running Dragon of Ice Spire Peak, and that's, uh, you know, we're almost at the end now, so you shouldn't be listening if you're worried about spoilers. And Thorin, there is another warning you should offer them to the, you know, the good people of Utah. Yeah, well, mm, good is debatable, but that's right. Oh my god. Modular is not a podcast for children. Um, It it contains explicit language and like a lot of different adult themes. Um, Just shouldn't, you know, if if you're under like 18, you probably should, you know, go to a parent first before listening. Yeah, there's a a 16-year-old teenager somewhere who's like, I want to listen to this, but wait. Mom, what do you think? <laughs> mom's like, mom's like, I don't know. They sound like fucking idiots to me. Uh, yeah, mom right. lives in Utah, and so <laughs> we just lost that whole base. Oh my god! Without further ado, welcome to Modular, and our session fourteen of Dragon of Ice Spire Peak. you look out at, at what seem to be dozens and dozens of little green vine blights chanting, We want your blood! We want your blood! We want your blood! We want your blood! And they begin to stack on top of one another, and the vines intertangle, and it suddenly is from, We want your blood! to, 
We want your blood. 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 As all of these dozens and dozens of little guys have turned into two guys about your size, made of pure vines. Roll initiative. It's going to be 15. You're going first, Bradley. Dope. How close to me are they? They are 20 feet from you. 20 feet from me? How close are they to each other? Uh, Five feet apart. I'm going to cast Shatter on them. Um, okay. So they both need to make constitution saving throws. That is a 15 and a 12. The 15 succeeds. The 12 fails. It doesn't matter. They're only... So the 12 is going to take six damage. And the 15 is going to take a three. Okay. They both kind of move and sway a little bit in this in this weird plant-like fashion as they take that damage. They both move forward about 10 feet, and they seem rather slow. They're now 10 feet from you each, and you see their hands kind of lash out, and these tangling vines come towards you one misses you completely does no they both miss you completely you dodge out of the way as each of these things very clearly are trying to grapple you oh fuck uh it is your turn again so what i'm going to do is i'm going to cast ray of frost on the one of them i'm going to use my uh, wizard's hat power um and i'm going to make an arcana check I have to beat a 10, right? Yep. Okay. I automatically beat a 10. I'm going to cast Ray of Frost on the one that took the 6 damage. Okay. Go ahead and roll to hit. Does an 11 hit? No. Fuck. Okay, well, I wasted that. Yeah, it just kind of dodges out of the way. Cool. Um, well, as a, as a bonus action, then I'm going to do a second level healing word on myself, I'm going to say, okay, that just vines, you can do this. Bradley, are you scared? Because you're alone? Like, actually alone? Hold on, whoops, I actually accidentally added one more diamond needed. So it's 7 plus 4 is 11. What's your HP? It's at 37 now, out of 40s. Yeah, are you scared? Now that you're alone? I mean, I'm... <laughs> The stakes are a little higher. Am I scared? Not really. One group of vines lashes out at you, and you take nine points of damage, and you're grappled, and then the other one also hits you. You feel these vines wrap around your torso, and then more just kind of rip right across your face. <sighs> and you take another... Eight points of damage, so 17 total. Fuck. You are currently grappled. A grappled creature's speed becomes zero. The condition ends if the grappler is incapacitated. The condition also ends if an effect removes the grappled creature, uh, such as when a creature is hurled away by thunder wave. But that's that would be you being hurled away. So currently, you are grappled. Um, Can I make a strength save to get out of the grapple? Yes. Okay. Because while you're grappled, you're also restrained. Let me try that then. Restrained creature's speed becomes zero. Attack rolls against the creature have advantage. 
creature has disadvantage on dex saves. That's going to be 16 strength. You burst free from the vines. Cool. What do you do? Well, I wanted to save this, but... <sighs> Fuck, I don't really have a choice. I'm going to cast third level Thunder Wave on them. I need them to both make constitution saving throws again. Let's say seven and a 20. Fuck. So the one was that took se- that got the seven takes nine damage and gets pushed away ten feet from me. Okay. The other one takes what four? Okay. Fuck. Nine, right? Yeah. Okay. The one that has failed both of their saves is looking hurt. The other one not so much, but pushed ten feet away. It's their turns. The one that you didn't push away lashes out at you and misses. The other one nears you, again, just closes in 10 feet, and then its vines come for you, and the 17's a hit, correct? Yeah. You take 7 points of damage. Okay. Am I grappled again? Uh, yes, you are. Okay. Cool. Gonna do another strength check, or strength save. It's a 7. You are still grappled and restrained. Your attacks are going to have disadvantage. And you can't move. Fuck. How am I situated between the two of them? One <clears throat> one is just like 10 feet directly in front of you, and one is like 10 feet off to your left, kind of. And the one 10 feet in front of you is just kind of ready to attack again. The one off to your left has now essentially grown its arms out 10 feet long, and they've just wrapped once again your torso up in a bundle. And they're just kind of going to going to try and squeeze you. Okay. I'm going to channel uh, my storm god's uh, charm, and I need this to make a dexterity saving throw. Um, are you sure you want to do that? This is your last one. Does it feel right to you? I don't really have a choice. I mean, it doesn't feel right, no. But I don't really... You don't have any other spells? I got some first level spells. Yeah, I got a Thunder Wave that I could use on it. On the two of them. It's up to you. Okay, then I'm going to do that, and they both need to make constitution saves. That is an 18 and a 6. So the 18 takes 4 damage, the 6 takes 8, and is pushed 10 more feet away. Alright, that was the one that was grappling you. So it, it lets go. Fuck. Uh, the one that has now failed all of its saves is looking almost dead. Um, what's your HP at? My HP is at 13 out of 40. Um, so I'm also going to... I'm going to move back... Um, as far as I can from these things with my movement. All right, remember you have a healing potion. Oh, yeah, I do, don't I? Is that is that a bonus action? Yeah, I'll let you take it as a bonus action. Okay, then I'm going to... What's my... What's... um 2d4 plus 2. 2d4 plus 2? Okay, so I'm going to do that as my bonus, and as my movement, I'm going to get away as far from them as I can. Okay. That's going to be... <laughs> that's going to be 5 health back. All right, you move as far away from them as you can... 
which puts you 25 feet from them. Each of them moves 10 feet, putting them 15 feet from you. Okay. They can't do anything. They dash as their actions. Now they're each five feet from you. They're right in your face, and that's their turn. Okay. Um, I'm going to Thunder Wave again. All right. That is a nat 20. Cool. And a 13. So the nat 20 is going to take half of 11, 5, and then the 13 is going to take 11 damage. All right. The one that you push back explodes as pieces of vine go flying. The other one is still standing, looking kind of strong, lashes out at you. Uh, I'm going to cutting words it. I'm going to say, you're not hitting me today. And that takes two from its roll. 18 down to 16. Fuck. Okay, it still hits me. That hits you? You take five points of damage. Fuck. Okay. What are you at? I'm at 13 again. All right. Am I grappled? Yes. Okay. I'm going to break out a dive and use this entire campaign. Let's see if it helps me. Or if it hinders me. 12 strength check. 12 is what you needed. You burst out of these these vines once more. What do you do? I'm going to pull out my crossbow. And I'm going to... Sh- uh-huh. Well, it's five feet from you. What does that mean? You'll have disadvantage on a ranged attack. Okay. Well, then I'm going to pull out my... Rapier mace. Rapier mace. Remember, your strength score is up now. That's a good question. But maybe bludgeoning's not good against vines. I know. Yeah, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do my rapier. Okay. That's twenty-four to hit. Yeah, that hits. Oh, that, yeah, I hit, bro. That hit, bro. Okay. That's gonna be ten damage. How do you kill this thing? I, I'm, you know, I'm battered and I'm bloody, and I'm, like, oh man. I wish Quinn were here to take some of these hits, but then I remember, oh yeah, Quinn took a really good hit, and that's why I'm here right now. Um, so I'm going to look for a weak point in this thing, and I see it, and it's like a core. It's like the the, the, the main twig blight, and I'm going to just stab between these vines, and it's going to hit it, and it just falls over. Falls. They all fall and die. They all fall down. Yeah. They, it like disintegrates into their little bodies. All right, you have defeated these. You are, what, 13 HP? Yeah. You know that there is one cultist left. You remember how powerful Mosko was in the Tower of Storms? You're nervous? Very nervous. What do you want to do? If I take a short rest, is that going to affect anything? Depends on where you take it. I'm going to go outside to the back door, and I'm going to try... Okay. There's no back door. There's a side door. Well, I, okay, yeah. I'm gonna go outside to the side door where the w- with the pumpkin patch, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I'm gonna try animal handling and then persuasion to get some of these boars to come up here. Like I'm gonna take some of the the twig blights as uh, like an offering to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm gonna see if they can come. Uh, I want to see if I can like somehow communicate to them. Please help me. <laughs> You walk outside, all the boars are gone. Okay. I need you to make me a 
raw intelligence check. Just raw intelligence? Or, and actually, no, do investigation. Investigation, okay. Um. I probably scared him off with my loud spells. Yeah, my investigation, 19. These boars are somehow connected to the cult. You know that. There were, like, nine boars out here. They're all gone. You only fought four orcs inside. You fought some blights, sure. But you kind of came here hoping that this was that, like, cult headquarters. And, you know, Falcon wanted you to kind of wipe them off the face of the the earth, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's going to be a lot more cultists to deal with somewhere else. But you don't know where. Okay. I'm just going to sit down on the back porch. Gonna, Gonna pull out a little flask of, like, whiskey take a couple sips, and take a good old short rest. Okay. Go ahead and take a short rest. Cool. Gonna use uh, three of my five hit die. So please be good. Uh, for all you lore nerds out there, this flask was given to Bradley. Uh, was Gradley. given to Bradley by his grandfather. Bradley by his grandfather. <laughs> This flask was given to Bradley by his grandfather on uh, his 16th birthday, um, which is the legal drinking age in Everwinter. Um, He's had it with him this entire time, but he doesn't like to talk about it because his grandfather was, you know, he's kind of mean, kind of abusive, but he still cherishes this gift. Um, And he only takes a sip from this whiskey whenever he's in dire need. You know what I mean? So he gains 11 hit points back. 24? And then, you know what? I'm just gonna... Fuck. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's it. Yeah, that's it. And I'm gonna go to the... The main room. The the room with the... The ritual? The laboratory. Where the ritual was taking place, right? Where the ritual was taking place, yeah. You walk in to that ritual room. The cultist... I want my crossbow to be drawn. Your crossbow's drawn. And loaded. Loaded. There's sweat dripping down your brow, even though it's fucking freezing. Nervous sweat. Your armpits probably smell like ass. Oh, absolutely. You creak the door open. The circle of mud, or whatever kind of nastiness it was on the floor, looks now charred. The cultist that you saw before looks weak. He's on the ground. He's kind of panting. He looks up at you and he says, You. You killed them. Everyone here. All of my men, but it won't matter. Gorthok will rise. Talos will swallow the Sword Coast. I'm just going to pull the trigger. (laughs) Just going to shoot him. (laughs) I don't have time for this. (laughs) I've got a dragon to kill. (laughs) You shoot him in the head and he he fucking falls over dead. I'm going to search his body. Okay. Quick search of his body yields uh, some clawed gauntlets made out of boar's tusk. Uh, Nasty robe he's in. Smells like shit. Not much here, but... I'm going to take those gauntlets for Quinn. That sounds pretty cool. All right. You take those. They don't do as much as Quinn's do. Don't take those. Um, they they look badass, oh, but... Okay, I'm going to take those. Um, I'm also going to... I want to I want to use my dagger to cut off his head um, so I can take it to... Falcon? Falcon, yeah, to just show that I did it. Okay, cool. You also find uh, what looks to be some scrawl, like scrawled out notes on some paper. 
I'm going to take those too. And reading them over real quick, it seems as if he wrote one coherent thing. Okay. The circle of thunder will be complete. Not quite sure what that is, but... <laughs> you heading back to Falcon? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to head out. You walk back out into the freezing snow, walk back to Falcons. The sun is almost, it's probably around 4 a.m. Sun's going to rise yeah. here in no time. Um, but you make it back to him, and Corwin greets you. Good to see you. I'm, I'm glad you made it back alive. Yes, as am I. Because I was a little bit worried. <laughs> he lets you back in. The two of you kind of walk up, and he says, Falcon's sleeping now. Why don't you take a little nappy, and he can see you in the morning. Is there a way I could have a bath drawn for me before that? Of course, yes. I'll, I'll draw you a bath. And he takes out a little piece of paper, and he starts drawing a bath. Can you... Okay. Is there is there running hot pass. water around here somewhere? He says, that, that was a little joke. little... Little joke I like to make. <laughs> oh, Corwin, I'm, 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 I'm really the the goofball of the group. <laughs> and he, he he takes you up to the to the bathhouse, and yeah, he he draws you some running water, and he says, "Enjoy your bath, and we'll see you when you wake." Cool. I'm gonna relax. Bradley, the hot water feels good on your muscles. The washing the blood off is always nice. You try to de-stress, um, but you think back to that fateful day. You now know Lair Buell is in the area. He's coming for you. Yeah. Bradley, we skip back to the year 1476 DR. Yeah. It is 14 years ago that Bradley's remembering. You and your little gang have had lots of operations. Remind me the name of your gang. Uh let me check my notes real Was it the Golden was it the Golden Thieves? Yeah, the Golden Thieves. That's what I thought. Pretty good memory about that kind of shit. The Golden Thieves have been active in Neverwinter in the most harmless way possible. There's you, of course, brains of the operation, the face, the one who can talk his way out of every situation. There's your little brother Sly, sticky fingered Sly. He is tiny, he's quick, and he can grab things easy. Then, of course, there's Braff, your ever-steady lookout, who, you know, keen mind, he can always keep a lookout. Yeah. There's Artribius, who always help, helps map out your sort of hits you're going to run, uh, the kind of jobs you want to do. And then there's Lairbule. He is four years older than you, he's 16 Big half-orc, dude. Big boy. But kids always made fun of him in Neverwinter. There's not many half-orcs. Kids are fucking mean and racist. And they were mean to him, and, and you kind of took him under your wing, even though, you know, he was older than you. And, of course, he was your muscle. Anytime you got caught stealing from other kids, if they wanted to try and catch you and beat the shit out of you, they'd have to go through Lairbule first. And, of course, the gang started out as, on the schoolyard, what can we snag from whose backpack? Our Tribius would always do your sort of reconnaissance. Braff would keep a lookout for teachers. You would distract people. Lirabule would be on the side in case anything went wrong. Sly would be the one to steal. And that was fun for a bit. 
but a few weeks of that and you're going to get bored. So it was time to move on to, of course, the market and sweets, especially for all you kids. You would snag pastries and cookies and brownies. and My favorite was candy. That was the high life for quite some time. You would always get those Turkish delights. What's Turkish? Irresistible. <laughs> Sorry, you would always get those gnomish delights. But uh, eventually, you wanted to go bigger. More than anything, you realize adults always had something on them that you wanted, and that was money. And sure, you could ask your dad for money any time, but you wanted to earn it yourself. Braff was passive. He was willing to go along. Sure, Bradley. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm ready to, to try anything, as long as we're hanging out, as long as we're all pals. Archibius was nervous. Um, Bradley, per perhaps we, we shouldn't be doing this particular job. Oh, come on, Archibius. Don't be such a stick in the mud. But it's it's a jewelry store, and, and stealing those jewels to sell, it seems dangerous. Look, they're not going to miss it. We're just taking the cheap stuff. Honestly, that's just going to rise their prices. Sly was always excited. Bradley, uh, do you think that maybe we could get a gift for Mom? Oh. And just tell her that we, we saved up and bought it for her? Absolutely. And then there was Lairbuel. And he always trusted you, Bradley. Of course, Bradley, anything you want to do. Yeah, I, I'm down. I, And if the shopkeep gets handsy, you know, I don't want to hurt anybody, but of course I can just kind of scare him. So it's the day of the big heist. This this jewelry store in Neverwinter. Artrivius has gone in a few times with his mom, kind of looked around, cased the place. And he knows there's a bit of a blind spot for one case of jewels. Braff shows up early, sets up as if he's reading a book. Uh, he doesn't even know how to read. He stole it from our. He stole it from our Trivius, but he's he's looking around. He's holding it upside down, but who knows? <laughs> Lairbule's across the street, just in case anything goes wrong. You and Sly enter the store. You point out which one, which case Sly needs to hit, and you start talking to the jeweler. She says, what can I do for you, little man? Oh, I'm just looking for a nice ring for my mum. She's been kind of sick lately, and so she's had to stay home, and I just, I know she feels, you know, just awful, just terrible, and I want to get something nice and shiny for her. My goodness, what a sweet little boy. Of course. Yes, we can help you with that. As you're doing this, Sly tries to lift the case, he's only 10 years old. He's too weak. You kind of notice that he's taking longer than you want, so you stealthily step to one side to avert the shopkeep's attention. Mm -hmm. Sly runs out. Lairbule, I, I kind of need I need some help. Could you could you come help me? Just, just lift the case, and I, I can grab all the stuff. Of course, little Sly. You know, not a big deal. The two of them walk back in. Lairbule is not invisible the way Sly is. When he walks in, it doesn't take long for him to lift the lid of the case, just like it doesn't take long for the shopkeep to ignore you and scream 
for the city guard to come get the dirty half-orc out of her shop. In an instant, Braff is yelling, All right, we, we, we really, really got to go right now. Uh, our Trivius is off in an alleyway, kind of watching, panicking. Sly begins to cry and runs to the door. Bradley, you realize you're moving that way too. It's time to run, but as soon as Lairbule is out of the door, two large hands from the city guard are on him, squeezing his arms. Lairbule looks to you, Bradley. Bradley, tell them. Tell, tell, tell them it's not a big deal. We were all together. Braff looks at you. His eyes go wide. Sly is crying. Artribius looks like he's about to faint. I have no idea who this person is. The city guard nods, and they start taking him away. Lairbule looks back. What? What are you? What are you talking about, Bradley? What? 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 What do you mean? You don't know. What? He doesn't try to fight the guards. He doesn't try to convince them. In his eyes, you see heartbreak. And you sit up in the tub. Okay. The water is hot, but you're chilled. Remembering Lairbule's face once more. In that moment, you get up, you towel off. And you try to sleep. Your dreams are filled with regret. You think about Inverna and her fear. You think about Quinn's eye getting popped right out of his head. You think about the sadness on Lairbule's face, but also you think about how Artribius is now blind. How Braff is now paralyzed and how Sly is now in prison. You think about that glare from Runa on horseback. You think about your father putting adventurer in quotes. You think about your mother's worry for you and your brother. You think about little Seagull not surviving his first encounter. There's a lot that weighs heavy on you, Bradley. You wake after much less than eight hours of sleep, but gameplay-wise, a long rest. To Corwin. Uh, uh, are you are you ready for breakfast, sir? Yes. Yes, I'm quite famished. It's about 10 a.m. He let, he let you sleep for what would have been like six hours, or rather five hours, but you probably got closer to three. You walk down to the dining room, or really across the hall, across the courtyard to the dining room. Falcon's sitting there. I'm glad to see you made it. Uh, I was beginning to worry, and I thought maybe I should have come with you, but... Oh, no, I... (laughs) That, I handled it myself. I assume you saw the gift I brought for you. Yes, uh, it was there at the leader of the cultists. Yes, it was. So, they're dealt with, I mean... Um, he said something about something rising in Talos swallowing the storm coast, the sword coast. 
I'm not too concerned about it. All right, well, if they're taken care of, uh, as I promised, and he gives you a pair of boots that fit just snug. They're nice green and black boots, boots of elven kind. These will give you advantage on stealth checks. Oh, fuck yeah. So, about my proposition that I had, um, I say as I take a bite of some breakfast sausage. Yes, uh, I'm, I'm guessing I know what you want. Well, I was going to phrase it in a way that would hopefully try to persuade you, but truth be... Let's hear it, I mean... Well, you're a hunter, yes, and you like hunting big game. Well, what's bigger game than a dragon? A dragon. Absolutely. Um, what type of dragon is it? I mean, if you can see from all the snow around, it's a white dragon. Right. Animalistic is what they are, you know. Yes. People uh, have a misunderstanding of of dragons. Uh, you meet a gold dragon, you probably make a friend for life. They are inherently good creatures. You meet a blue dragon, you're probably going to have your life ruined, but not by pure animalistic violence. A white dragon, it's not smart. It's not tame in any way. All it wants is more food and more treasure. Has it hurt people? Yes, it has killed a couple as well as injured one of my personal closest friends. Bradley, uh, give me a day to sort things out with Cor Corwin and Pell, and I will meet you in Fandolin, and we'll fucking slay this thing. Excellent. I'm... <laughs> Oh, thank you. I'm so glad to hear it. <laughs> oh, you have no idea how much of a weight was just lifted from my chest. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, your horse is ready for you whenever you want to take off. Uh, take your time. Thank you, and thank you for your hospitality as well. Of course. Yeah, not everybody in this world's out to get you. Unfortunately, I know some who are, <laughs> but that's okay. We all have those people. Cool. I'm going to finish... Uh, the rest of my breakfast. Um, I'm not gonna try and st I'm not gonna stay down. I'm gonna make merry, you know. I'm gonna gonna drink and I'm gonna tell tales of of the the, the, the Manticore, the the fight, the Manticore and the the mimic and Nomengard, and the just you know, and of course I'm gonna you know embellish a little of bit. Of course, of course. Um, I fucking suplex that Manticore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, and it's and it's we're just gonna have a great time. Um, great, good food, good drink, hearty laughter. You're telling these stories, and Falcon says, "You know what? You keep coming back to. I need to meet this Quinn Hightopple. He sounds oh, he, he is a great. He, is he, a great he sounds like a crazy little bastard, and I. He's he's half the size of a regular man, but he's you know got ten times the the." Umph to him. I, I love it. Yeah, no, I want to meet the little guy. Uh, so, he'll be with us, right, for this dragon fight? I'm not certain. Uh, we were clearing out Axholm for the people of Fandolin to retreat to in case the dragon did come and attack the town. And we came face to face with the dragon, and he hurt him very, 
very gravely. So I'm uncertain if he'll be healed enough to come fight this dragon with us, but I do have high hopes that he is. Right, well, if he's there, I'm sure he'll kill it himself. If he's not there, we'll kill it for him. Absolutely. You feel hopeful talking to Falcon. This dude is a fucking beast. He tells you a, a few stories of his time in the war uh, against the Dragon Cult, and you hear, you know, he tells you essentially, I, listen, I, I'm no Annie Oakleaf, but I'm I'm rather fucking dangerous, all right? And I'm, I'm actually getting a little bit excited to fight this thing. I mean, it's a sense of anger that kind of pushes you forwards, right? When you hear of evil... And you hear of people getting hurt. In that moment, it's not that anger is a bad thing. Because it's the only thing that's going to get you there and push you through the finish. Yes. 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 Ha. Huzzah. We have a grand, we have a grand champion with us. <laughs> I'll see you in a day, Bradley. And he, he shakes your hand. Um, just, just to give you some, some stats about Falcon, he's got 112 HP. Hell yeah. He has 14 AC, he's got sharpshooter feet, he's got an archer feet, so his longbow does 2d8. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's tough dude. So cool. I'm, we're gonna finish, I'm gonna get on top of, I'm gonna get on Seagull. I'm gonna, you know, make sure I pet him for a little bit, actually. I'm gonna spend some quality time with him, because I do love this horse. Um, but then we're gonna, you know... Then we're going to go. All right. Yeah! <laughs> you and Siegel ride through the forest. Uh, takes, you know, takes just as long as before. Um, getting out of the forest comes right to about sundown. As you hit the tree line, uh, you stop to make camp right at about where you were before. You are enjoying some... Rations, you know, essentially MRE that you bought from from Barthen all all that while back. In the light of your fire, you see figures approaching you. And you kind of watch with a guarded kind of edge to you. And then you see him. Bradley fucking copper. By God's, I didn't know. I really did not know if the day would come. Lair Buell has walked into your little camp. Seagull kind of whinnies as this half-orc, who is much bigger than he was the last time you saw him, much more grizzled. He's got this beard. He's got, he's got a scar kind of running down his nose and up under his eye. Very similar to the one you have that runs across your face from when the statue blew up in the Dwarven Mine. He says, uh, I know you've met uh, my associate, Runa. And that cold woman walks back in just right into your camp. She says, this is the one. I honestly can't believe it. He's so 
pathetic. And she spits on the ground at your feet. Uh, they're both... Lebul, Lebul. What's it been? 14 years. That's right, Bradley. Another guy walks in. They're all wearing this these blue cloaks. Kind of put up together. Uh, this guy's older. He says, this is uh, Brackus. You don't need to talk to him. You just need to talk to me, Bradley. 14 long fucking years. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, 13 of them I spent in a, a penitentiary for a whole list of crimes that I didn't commit and that one I attempted to commit, but not on my fucking own. I had a trial that you didn't come to. I fucking asked for witnesses. Braff wasn't there. Atrivius wasn't there. Little Sly, listen, listen. Sly was fucking hard for me. He was a little brother to me. Same as you. Putting his ass in prison did not feel good. But breaking Braff's back, huh? That felt good, Bradley. And watching Atribius stumble around his fucking bookshop, watching him fall down over and over again, that felt good, Bradley. And you know what's going to happen to you is going to feel better than the rest of it. A fourth figure emerges from behind Lairbule. You see Quinn Hightopple. Are you fucking kidding me right now? In a blue robe. And he says... Mr. Copper, there's a lot you don't know about me. Bradley, why don't you just stay right there? We'll all sit together. We'll take a little moment. A flourish of flashbacks hits you, Bradley, as you remember little conversations you had with Quinn. He told you to harden your heart and that you weren't ready for what's to come. He told you many times when you were down, I'd be screwed if you died. Not, I hope you don't die. I'd be screwed if you died. He was surprised at your kindness when you split the money evenly. He said, I didn't sign up for this, and I can't do this anymore. You remember all the late nights where you were performing and people were eating you up and loving you, Quinn was nowhere to be seen. He was getting drunk off his ass. You remember him saying, I'm in a world of trouble if you don't, if you die. Lairbule sits down. Runa sits down. Brachus sits down. Quinn sits down. He's got this patch over his eye. He says, not in personnel, Mr. Copper. <laughs> Larabiel kind of smiles because he sees the shock on your face. He says, uh, yeah, me and Quinn, Quinn uh, we did some time together in prison. Uh, as did Runa, you know, attempted murder. Brackus for dogfighting. Quinn for... Uh, Slew of assault and batteries. 
different Bob Rawls. Turns out uh, Quinn had a buddy throw him under the, under the bus, too, after a Bob Rawl. When I told him my story about you, oh, he hated you from the very beginning. Make me an insight check on Quinn. Oh, my God, Luke, I hate you so goddamn much right now! Ah! I got a nine. Quinn's not even looking at you. I was fucking shaking from keeping this. I've been keeping this secret for so long. <laughs> um, this I, I wanted this reveal to be good, and I, I've been shaking. Learbeal said, uh, Quinn has hated you for a long fucking time, you know. Uh, Quinn, Quinn wasn't in there all 13 years I was, but we did, we did a few years together. And when I told him I had a plan to, to get my vengeance, the only thing he said is he wanted me to help him get his first. So his buddy? <laughs> yeah, his buddy's in the bottom of the fucking ocean. Quinn says, he spits and says, Nothing worse than a rat, Mr. Copper. Nothing worse than a rat. Learbule smiles and says, Quinn got his vengeance, and I'm so close, so fucking close to getting mine, Bradley. But I had to think. If you're going to kill me, just do it. Runa looks at you and she says, Do not speak. You do not speak right now. And Bra I can speak whenever I want. You... <laughs> She uh she goes for her sword, and Lerbule says, "Calm the fuck down, Runa. <clears throat> Swear to God, if you ruin this for me." No, Bradley, uh, can't kill you, right? Uh, wouldn't wouldn't be justice in that, would there? I think. No, it wouldn't. Uh, so no, I, I had to think, right? Uh, taking on Trivius's eyes made the most sense for his love of books. He always had a keen eye. Scoping out your jobs for you. Couldn't do any work by your fucking self, could you? Could never do anything by your fucking self. Then there's Braff, of course. Leg modeling career. What kind of vain bullshit is that? Yeah, no. Took his legs. They'll wither away in front of him. <laughs> what a fucking joke. And Sly, of course, once again, it did hurt me, but, uh... I had to do something to him, and I, I could never physically hurt the kid, so... Figured he could get a taste of prison, too. But you, oh my god, Bradley Coppa, you are tough. Because so often, you've actually struggled. And it's kind of crazy for me to say that, but you have. But you're still a shite fucking friend. And I had to think about you. Could I take your gold... Not really, right? Robin, you wouldn't do it. Because your fucking daddy would just give you more. Could I hurt you? Maybe. Maybe. But, mm, You're already so fucking pathetic, right? So, it had to be your reputation. It had to be what you care about the most. Not who you are, but who you're perceived as. And how was I going to do it? Gods. I mean, there were a lot of ways, but, uh, you know, slipping you that information under your door that Fandolin needed work, 
That was easy. The fact that you never questioned how Quinn found your fucking ad for a sidekick when he was already in Fandolin. That was fucking hilarious. Gods, you don't think about a damn thing, do you, brethren? If I could make you a hero in a small town, then I could watch it easily crumble. And I cannot wait to see what you do when it crumbles. Right now, uh, there's a there's a band of orcs that should have been at that manse. Yeah, they're in Fandolin. Um, they're going to kill a lot of people, Bradley. And not only is their hero not going to be there to save them, their hero sent them. <laughs> You should have never signed a fucking letter to your brothers. To your brother, to your friends, to your father. Not while Quinn was around. This guy, oh, he's got sticky fingers too. And uh, how would you know about a delay in a letter? Doesn't mean any difference to you if it's one day late. If it got snagged on the road. Yeah, it's going to be pretty painful for you when those people, your sweet little Elsa, when she realizes that you staged an attack of orcs only so that you could run in at the last minute and save them all. And what works so perfectly is I know you're going to do it. Because what are you going to do? Let them all die? I don't fucking think so, Bradley. Of course, you're going to get on your horse you're going to ride as fast as you fucking can to Fandolin. While it burns, while your friends die, you're going to show up and you're going to take care of those orcs and you're going to think that you're a hero again, but your pal Inverna is going to know the truth. She's going to know that you sent those orcs and they will never fucking forgive you. You will be banished, you will be exiled, and for the rest of their miserable little puny lives, they're going to think of you not as the hero, but as what you really are, the fucking villain. Good luck, Bradley. I'll see you around. Larabiel stands up. Runa stands up. Brachus stands up. They begin to walk out. Quinn, using his sending stone, says to you, I don't know what to say. And he stands up. And I say out loud, I say, Quinn, you don't have to say anything. Just know that I did and still do care for you. And I hope your mother as well in the future. Make me an insight check on Quinn. Twelve. He's fighting back tears. Goodbye, Mr. Copper. Goodbye, Quinn. He walks away with the other three. Well, I put some snow on the fire. I get on the back of Seagull, and I ride on my way to Fandolin. The wind batters your face. Whatever you felt in the past, anger, sadness, disbelief, it is all dwarfed in comparison. You don't feel anything except fear. 
You are so scared right now. What could be happening to Fandolin? Gods only know. As you near, Fandolin is a beacon of light as the town is up in flames. You see Townmaster Harbin's Hall, the belfry that, that is elevated the highest point in the town. It's on fire. Stonehill Inn, on fire. Barthen's Provisions, on fire. There is a good caravan of people fleeing southwards towards Axholm. They are screaming in panic. They are terrified. Kids are being clutched to the chests. As you ride in, you see Wilhelm and Rabia both on the ground, their throats slit. They're dead. You near the center of town. Seagull's pulling at the reins, not wanting to go near the fire. You're steering him true. I No, I hop off of him, and I smack his butt to... To run. To run. Hopefully in the direction of Axholm, but who knows where he's going to go. Two orcs see you. They begin to charge you. One gets hit in the back with a pitchfork. Falls to the ground. Barthen says, Mr. Coppa, there's orcs everywhere. The town's crawling with them. You got you to gotta help me. I, I got little Jimmy out of here, but please. Um, in a ball... Near the job board, Harbin Wester is rocking back and forth. This, this isn't, this isn't good. This isn't good. This isn't good. This isn't good. The other orc is charging you. You duck out of the way. Your rapier is in your hand in an instant. You stab up into its jaw, slide it back out. It falls to the ground dead. You start moving. Barthen goes to help Harbin. Near the Stonehill Inn, you see. Toblin holding a metal tankard of ale and he's beating it into the head of one of these orcs as it's already dead. Elsa is on the ground bleeding. She looks up and says, Bradley, Bradley, they hurt me. They hurt me, Bradley. And she's clutching her stomach as as it's bleeding. Don't worry, Elsa, we're going to get you healed. Toblin, I need you to take her, and you need to head for Axholm right now. Find Sister Grayley, she'll patch her up. Seagull is right by your side again. Uh, Toblin says, Miss, Miss, Mr. Copper, listen, Trilena's not here. I, I, I don't know what she's going to think if she comes back to a burnt city. All right, all right, we'll go, we'll go. I'll stay, I will stay, and I will let her know what happened. He hops on the back of Seagull, he helps Elsa up. Elsa touches your hand. Her blood smears your hand. She says, Bradley, please. Please tell me you'll see me again. I will see you again, Elsa. They begin to move out of town, um, but a band of four orcs begin to move towards Seagull. Seagull bucks back. They, in an instant, are thrown from his back. They land in the mud. Uh, a crossbow bolt comes flying out of the air, hits one of these orcs right in the face. He falls down to the ground dead. Uh, and you see who fired it, Dobin Norreth. And he says, Monsieur Kappa, this is bad, bad, bad. We need to fight them. Uh, he rushes in with a new 
longsword that you have not seen him with before. This is the dragon slayer. And he carves into one orc's chest. You're there in an instant. You have your mace out now, smashing down into the face of one of these orcs. It stumbles back, and then another crossbow bolt hits it in the chest. Sister Grele now holding the crossbow. She says, I'm with you, Bradley. It's going to be all right. The fight ensues, and one by one, you take down these orcs in a blind fury. Blood spatters your face. You got no fucks to give. They're all going to die. As the smoke begins to die down, what's left of light is just small fires burning here and there. You see Lenine Greywind has a bloody smithy hammer in her hand. She's killed her fair share. Barthen is, is comforting Harbin. Toblin and Sister Grele are helping Elsa. Dobin is kind of looking around like, what the fuck? I did not expect this shit. Inverna comes into the town square, looks you dead in the eye, and says, You son of a bitch. Modular is Thorin George as Bradley Copper, and Luke Job as our DM. The story you heard today, as well as 99% of the characters, were created by Wizards of the Coast, and can be found in the module, Dragon of Icefire Peak. Our music today was written and performed by Max Hedman. You can find Max's music anywhere you listen to music, and you can find his website link in the description of this very episode. You can follow us on Twitter at ModThePod, join our private Facebook group at The Modular Podcast, Follow us on Instagram at the Modular Podcast. Follow us on TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> Follow us on TikTok at the Modular Podcast, and subscribe to us on YouTube at the Modular Podcast. Here's a quick shout out to Trash Cat Matt, V Kessler three, and Lannon dot J. Maybe L four, N N O N dot J. Maybe that reads as Lannon. Maybe it reads as Lafornanon dot J. Anyway, all of those people follow us on TikTok. If you want shout-outs on this show, and if you want me to mispronounce your handle on this show, follow us on TikTok. It'll happen eventually. You'll love it. You can record it. You could send it to all your friends and say, Wow, I am F-tier famous. New episodes come out every Tuesday. Next time you hear a new episode, it's the finale. It's going to be two hours. It's going to be insane. We are so thrilled to bring it to you. We're excited to bring this story to a conclusion, although it won't be Bradley's story coming to a conclusion. Wink, wink. And if you're excited for it, if you're ready to see what happens, please send us some questions, because after the finale, we're going to do a recap episode. We're going to answer all of your listener questions. It's going to be great. It's going to be so fun. Um, and if you send a question, I guarantee we'll read it. But that's up to you. If you if you don't have anything eating away at your mind, nothing you want to figure out, that's cool too. You can listen to other people's questions. Once again, thank you so much for listening to Modular. It is our absolute delight to bring this show to you. We love every minute of it. I love torturing Thorin. I know Thorin's going to love torturing me when he's DM. New episodes come out every Tuesday, like I said. Until then, thank you for listening to Modular. Modular.